In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. Well, I've got three little letters here that I hope are going to change your life, whether you are a business owner or not. They are ROI. ROI, Jesse. This is exciting. So what this stands for, for those of you who may not know or may not remember, is return on investment. And we have been thinking about this quite a lot since we have decided to revamp a lot of our business offerings. So over the last, I don't know, six months or so, you may have heard us talking about the Accelerator program, maybe the Business Kickstart program, but what we haven't completely shared is that we are completely reworking the entire side of the Pelvic PT Rising business mentorship programs. Now we have four offerings for each stage of your business, starting with Business Kickstart. That takes you from seeing nobody wanting to start a business to seeing being able to see your first patient. Then we have the Accelerator Program, which is foundational information for anybody that has a business, whether you're seeing one patient or a 100 patients, it's things that we feel like everybody should know. Then we have our one-on-one mentorship program, which is what the Accelerator Program feeds into. And then we have our CEO boardroom. And in all of those, when we were deciding on price points, For each of those programs, we always want to keep the ROI in an appropriate range, meaning that it's not necessarily about the absolute cost of each of those programs, as an example, but where is that person in their business and how do they know if that's a good investment? And one of the things, one of the mindset shifts about moving from being an employee and potentially having a cap on the amount of money that you can make to being a business owner is also this money mindset shift on not looking at things in terms of their absolute cost, but looking at it, what is this cost in relationship to the value that's going to bring me in terms of value in some way, whether that's time or money, or revenue generated into the clinic, or something like that. And so that is a huge mindset shift that everybody struggles with, quite frankly, going from an employee mindset to a business owner's mindset. And whether you are a business owner, or your employee, or whatever your situation is, I actually think that all of us can really benefit from this new money lens. So instead of just thinking about things in terms of absolute cost... And a lot of times our 
our prior or what our, our mindset is, is stuck in the past when it comes to cost. Right? Has anybody heard your grandparents talk about like when movies were a dime and when bread cost 15 cents? And now literally every time they go to the store, they're pissed off because bread costs more than 15 cents. It's like, yeah, no fucking shit, though. Right. I mean, we're not in the middle of the Great Depression anymore. So now because you've got this cost mindset, every single time you go to the movies, you think you're being ripped off because it doesn't fit with your idea of what something should cost. And this goes back to one of my favorite quotes from Oscar Wilde, who is fantastic for those who don't know him, Nicole. <laughs> I was literally like, wait, who's that guy? Guy, like, right? Ask our divorce attorney because Oscar <laughs> Wilde is that cool. But one of my favorite quotes from his is a cynic is someone who knows the cost of everything and the value of nothing. Who knows the cost of everything and the value of nothing. And I think that really fits a lot of the ways that we as a kind of popular American culture think about money. And it's always about cutting costs and trying to save $3 on this latte and all of that stuff. And instead really starting to think about what the return on investment is. What do I actually get back for this? Here's a really great example, Nicole, just to give you like a personal one, is it used to be money mindset-wise to me like astronomical. How could anybody spend more than like $40 on a pair of jeans, right? I'm going to get these $19 pair of jeans. And you know what? By the time I've worn them for three or four years, they're going to start to be comfortable. And then, I mean, duct tape is involved in... Hey. I'm going to interject because you guys, there were many things where I literally, when Jesse and I first started dating, I had to seriously be in my mind like, okay, is this something that could reasonably change? And duct tape jeans were one of those things. I was like, do I feel like like that is something that could change about jesse well and they weren't all duct tape i I want you guys getting the like the wrong thing about this they were duct taped in a lot of areas that most normal people would have been like wow these jeans shouldn't be worn anymore yeah like the pocket completely if you if we would have not had duct tape on the jeans your ass cheek would have been totally hanging out oh yeah isn't that trendy these days i don't understand it's never trendy this is so terrible you guys i'm not kidding I'm so not kidding. I think I even have a picture, but I have to dig out. I know. It's like I, back in the day when we when we first went on our trip to Africa. I was like, is he trying to like fit in with like people that don't have anything? Like, what in the fuck is happening? Because here's the thing: as you guys who have bought bargain basement jeans will know, once you get that jeans like broken in and they're feeling good, you do not want to have to go and do that again because it's going to take you two years before they feel halfway decent. So. And especially, I mean, come on, it was fine. They were fine. The other thing Jesse did not do when we first met was wear shoes anywhere, you guys. And do you know how disgusting? That was actually one of the things where I was like, I'm going to say something. And if he doesn't like immediately put shoes on, I'm we're, this is done. We're going to be public PT rising, public sanity, the icy solution. <laughs> clay all of these things like would almost didn't exist because i was like if this conversation goes any other way besides he's going to start wearing shoes like i we would not be together for sure now that's the whole thing right you're supposed to have your feet be bare and be connected with the earth and spread your toes and did you know that that shoes are responsible for a lot of our (laughs) western malaise 
I do. And also fucking things are disgusting on grocery store floors. He would go into grocery stores with no shoes, walk on parking lot asphalt. In fact, our first date, this is going to go on a whole other tangent. Guys, we don't have time for this. We do not have time for this. But we, will, we will tell our first date story some other time. But it, it did does not. involve not having shoes. Yes. And, and not and not in the sexy way. <laughs> it's never a sexy way, okay, to not have shoes. So, hold on. Where I'm going with this before we took this on a whole other thing is not that long ago. Actually, for Pelvicon, one of the first Pelvicons, we went to Nordstrom and I bought a pair of jeans that I felt were obscenely expensive. Like over $100. I don't understand how you have three-figure jeans. But... Gosh, guys, they are really comfortable. I literally wear them every day at the clinic. They have gone now for three years. They fit well. Like, I don't have to keep throwing them away. I don't have to duct tape them. Like, that is a a perfect example of actually starting to prioritize something that really started to matter, right? That's a return on investment. Do I want to continue to buy these cheap jeans that I can get and that they feel terrible and they take two years to wear in? Or... Do you pay for something that's going to last and is really great? That's like the encapsulation of this. Do you know the cost of everything but the value of nothing? And I almost said no to getting those because I couldn't fathom paying that much for a pair of jeans. And yet, I'm really happy with the purchase now. And it's it's been a very good long-term decision. So this is the mindset shift that we have to start making when we are business owners And if you still have this cost mindset, then it feels like you're dying a death of a thousand cuts when it comes to business. Oh, I've got to pay for this EMR and I have to pay these credit card processing fees. Should I just have everybody Venmo me instead so I can save two and a half percent? Or I'm not going to add the fax feature, the text feature onto the thing. Like, or I'm going to just go with the free Google voice number, which never works. It's weird when you call and half the time doesn't work and get you spam calls. Like there's so many times and we get it. Like we understand why this is there. And we also are like immediately know if the second that you become a business owner, you have to start switching this lens because it's not about the absolute cost anymore. It's about what is the cost of the thing and what is it going to get you in return? Literally the return on investment. And if that's positive, this is where being a business owner, if that's positive, you absolutely need to double, triple, quadruple down on the thing that's getting you that return on investment. So I mean, the, the easy analogy is if something has a 10 times return on investment, basically what that is, is somebody coming up to you and saying, hey, if you give me a $10 bill, I'll give you a $100 bill. And you saying, well, wait a second, $10 is a lot of money. And you're like, what? No, I'm going to go to my bank account. I'm going to clear out the whole damn thing, get as many $10 bills as I can, because this is insane. I need to do this until the wheels fall off. That's what ROI is like when you start thinking about that. And so... That's how we really encourage you guys who are business owners, especially to think about this, even in your personal lives, but especially when it comes to your business is, hey, what do I get out of my investment? And specifically when we're talking about coaching, we've actually measured this, like people who invest in our coaching programs end up with a 10 to 20 times 
ROI. We do this ourselves. We spend probably $35 plus thousand dollars a year on coaching, training, teaching, learning in different capacities. And to be honest with you, I would spend more if we could. Because every single one of those has a positive ROI. And that's what you're really looking at. And so we really want you guys to be evaluating things. If, you know, for a lot of the people who are thinking about, for example, the accelerator program, this is going to be the first time you've really invested in yourself, especially in this business sense. And we want you to be thinking about that. Do I really think that this is going to give me a positive ROI? You know, what's really interesting too is that I actually don't know where this juxtaposition comes from, but like we don't look at this in a really great way when we're talking about con ed money. There's so many times where like we're spending so much on clinical con ed that actually doesn't have a great tangible ROI, especially if you're an employee, like going to a course that teaches you better way to assess hips. Like that's difficult to quantify the ROI on that. So you spend $600 to go to the course, you spend two nights in a hotel, a plane flight. And like, what is that actually getting you if you work for somebody else? Like it's harder to quantify that. In a business sense, this becomes extremely measurable. It becomes, I'm gonna spend $600 a month with you, for instance, And from that, we can actually measure, do I either in the positive sense, get more patients, keep patients for longer because my business practices are better? What is happening in the positive sense? Do they go and tell other people and I get more word of mouth referrals that I don't necessarily have to pay for in terms of Google ads? Like all of that's positive. There's also the not hemorrhaging money portion of an ROI. So can we help you to not spend unnecessary money on a lawyer when you don't need to, on a website developer that's trying to yank your chain for $10,000 to pretend like they're monitoring your website every month and they're really just collecting your money. Like there's a bunch of things that we help you to not lose money on too, which is another somewhat more difficult, but also still measurable change in return on investment. What's another example, Jess? You know, here's, I think, an interesting thing is, is there's a financial, like in the terms of the true ROI, if you're like a true economist and you're looking at that, you're really looking at money, right? Money in, money out. And an economist would say that, like, logically, it basically makes sense any time that you can say, hey, this investment is going to make back more than what I put in, you need to do it, right? That's the epitome of ROI. I think the part of this that gets missed sometimes is some of the intangible stuff with this, where, you know, for example, your ROI might be confidence. It might be enjoying the process. It might be the fact that you're able to turn this thing from a, you know, a side hustle that you're doing one or two days a week into your main thing a year, two, three years before you would have done it otherwise. And all of that stuff, so those are a little less tangible sides, but those are still real returns on investment. When we talk about being able to do that, it's going to, hey, it's going to 
we've had a couple of people who have been single parents who have worked in our programs. And I loved one of the people who was, was doing that just said, basically, like, I'm a single mom. I don't have time to fuck around. Like, I need to get this thing off the ground. I need to be rocking and rolling. I need to know what the heck I'm doing. I mean, she opened her doors and she had 20 people in because she'd been working with us for a couple months beforehand. But that was her ROI was, I don't have time to do all the trial and error and figure this out. I know I could. I'm smart. I'm ambitious. I'm talented. I'm intelligent. But why would I reinvent the wheel? So there are some intangible sides of that as well. But in terms of just the obvious, it's, man, do you get a positive ROI on this? And if the answer is yes, it doesn't matter what it costs because you're getting that back with interest. Like that's the whole point of ROI. That's why we, as Nicole was saying, we set our programs the way we do. We want there to be a 10x ROI for all of our different programs. Now, you still have to put in the work. You still have to do the things. Like It doesn't mean that we're going to do that stuff for you. But man, there is a huge margin for ROI in all the stuff that we're doing. We really feel like that with, with any kind of business mentorship. If you don't resonate with us and it's with somebody else, then I think that's fantastic. Now... I mean, there's some shysters and hucksters out there and all of the things, but man, just getting help in your business, accelerating your growth is going to give you a positive ROI. It's it's almost guaranteed. Totally. And so here's a couple different ways to look at just if you wanted to just go back to the absolute dollar amount stuff, what we highly recommend that people do just in general with anything is to break it down. You can break down things in a couple of ways. You can either look at, and this makes people a little bit uncomfortable sometimes because I'm going to talk, caveat alert, I'm going to talk right now about patients coming into our door as a dollar amount per plan of care and a dollar amount per visit. Honestly, that's the reality of running a business, a service-based business. They come in, they pay us money, we give them a service, and there's a money exchange for a service provided, and a value exchange, okay? But if you have, if let's just use make easy math. If you have, on average, someone coming in for 10 visits and your charge is $150, which is objectively really low nowadays. I actually don't feel like anybody should be $150 only. But let's just say you are. $150, average plan of care is 10 visits. Each patient, each new patient that comes in your door is worth $1,500. So now if you think about the cost of a program per month, let's just say it's $600 a month. How many new patients would you have to get per month in order to cover that cost? And do you think that the value of that program is going to help you to get essentially, what, half, half of a patient? Half a patient a month. And same thing with our, you know, accelerator program. For those of you guys who are interested, and that's going to be happening on December 28th, registration opens this month. But that's the exact ROI we would ask you guys to be thinking about. Is that program costs about $350 a month, $347 a month. It's about $2,100 for the six-month coaching intensive program, the whole thing. And one new patient, if you think it can get you one new patient, is $1,500. So the break-even point is like one and a half patients. And honestly, if you don't think that a program can get you one to two patients over the course of a six-month period, 
then it's a hundred percent not worth doing. Like, why are you like, why are you listening to this podcast? At totally. That point? Yeah. At that point, even something free is not going to be good on your return on investment. So, and the other way to look at this, so we talked about like the plan of care length. You can also look at this in terms of how many visits is something worth, right? So, if you have again one hundred fifty dollars, you have a program that's between three hundred four hundred dollars. That's two extra visits per month across your entire patient population. By the way. So can you either make sure someone isn't dropping off super early? That's stopping a hemorrhage of money. If you want to, if you, if we teach you how to think about the way that you view a patient's journey through your office and we get you better thinking about wellness services and you extend someone's plan of care for two or three visits one person per month would well cover all of that. Like, so there's just so many different ways to look at it. Again, we want you to be thinking about what's the cost, but then what does that cost get you in return? And sometimes if we put our big girl britches on and talk about what it is in terms of money in the door and what your patients are actually bringing you in your revenue then that's what we have to like think about. How many visits does that cost? How many new patients do I have to get? How many patients do I not lose? How many patients do I keep that I would have lost had I not uh, gotten some of these better practices? All of the things. So Nicole, talk to me about this. In your personal life, is there a way that this is percolated in where you've seen your thinking change to return on investment? Calling you out right now. Here we go. I know. Justin's looking at me. Uh, what do I feel? Return on investment. Shoot. Well, here's one that I would say for me. I now don't even blink an eye at spending money on kind of personal development or learning new things. Like to me, that's one of our money rules. If there's a program that's interesting, if there's something out there that we can learn from, we've seen so much of it for ourselves with the ROI of doing our own coaching where, you know, Hey, a coach pushes us to raise prices sooner than we would have otherwise. And just being able to do that, it's probably been like a $200,000 difference in pelvic sanity over the last few years is just having a coach pushing us to do that. Hey, have you done this yet? What's going on? Saying, Hey, yeah, why haven't you done that yet? Wait, hold on. You're in the middle of the pricing in your area, even though people literally fly from around the world to see you, what what are you doing? <laughs> That's right? literally a conversation we had. And I was like, uh, I think the point being is that no matter how good you are, like we are objectively crushing at pelvic sanity and we still have these hangups where, and not even, I wouldn't even say it's a hangup, but it's just like a third party coming in and being like, hey, I'm actually looking, taking an objective look at your business here. And like, this is where what I'm seeing. Our same business coach was like, your point of vulnerability is your hiring pipeline. Like the fact that he got us to focus on that, which we knew was an issue. We knew that we needed to do. We were already sort of doing it. We were doing it probably like 50% of what we needed to be doing. But his whole thing to like turn our attention to that and have us not pay attention to something else that was distracting us from our main vulnerability is absolutely huge. Over the life of the business, it's literally priceless, actually. I guess I would say that in our business life, I feel like 
I have totally also changed in the, ah, that's like kind of a big investment. It's so expensive, whatever. It's like, yeah, whatever. As they've changed our mindset on stuff, that's worth a shit ton of money. A hundred percent. And you know, that hiring pipeline, right? That pushed us to form relationships with local schools. We're now bringing in students in their second and third year to learn from Nicole and to that is going to yield benefit for the entire future of the business. So, you know, I have a personal one now. Oh, good. hey, hey, we were just we we're able to <laughs> spin the wheels just enough for Nicole to get to a personal one. Actually, you'll agree with me here, Jesse, I think, but having Clay has certainly helped us to think about our time a little bit differently and hiring a nanny, which is if you listen to everybody else in our area, anybody around the whole nation is like, childcare is so expensive, childcare is so expensive. And I totally understand that for somebody that has, you know, even a decent paying job that has a cap that you can't make more money very easily, all of the things. But for us, if hiring a nanny for three days a week, which we have, has helped us to consolidate our time, make sh- be able to launch something during a time when Clay's little and we can bust out an entire accelerator program, the return on investment to be able to free up time where we can still feel like Clay's safe, he's in good hands, and we're able to do more consolidated work to be able to build a program for you all like that is a huge personal return on investment that I could objectively say, you know, I tell my parents like how much we're paying our nanny and they're like, oh my God. But what is it allowing us to do is huge. And that's like a very recent experience, even with our seasoned business ownership and already thinking of that in the business, it was hard for me to think of that when I'm blending, when it's just a huge blend of personal life decisions and how that can help our business. That was a major mindset shift where those two worlds collided, where I'd made the shift already in business. And now I, in some ways I'd made it in my personal life too, willing to spend a little bit more money to stay at a nicer hotel, for instance, because I'm going to enjoy it more. I'm going to sleep better, all the things. So there's ways that I've done it in personal. There's ways that we've done it in business, but that was a hang up that I had, I think, a little bit in terms of like, ah, do I really want to pay that much to have someone else take care of my kid? And it's like, well, what is it going to allow us to do? And ultimately, it will allow us to spend more quality time with Clay and still be able to run our three businesses, just Absolutely. like huge. Yeah, that's, right? a that's a good example. Ex- that's a great example yeah. of an ROI. And that is, that's kind of, I think, something that can really be transformative in our personal lives, especially in our business lives. But man, if you find something in business that has a positive ROI, it is really incumbent on us to just double down on that because it is, it's so valuable. It's so important. And that mindset shift is so important. Otherwise, we just, we miss opportunities. We miss opportunities because they are expensive or it's going to cost something or it's going to take something from us. And we don't ever think about what it's going to give back. And that is the true definition of that business owner's mindset is you're thinking about it in terms of ROI, not the cost, not the absolute dollar amount, but am I going to get back what I spent with interest? If the answer is yes, then it's something you should be thinking about. So I hope this has been helpful for those of you guys who are business owners or thinking about it, or even who just 
need a little bit of push on your money mindset issues. As you guys can see, even we still very much have money mindset issues. It's not something that goes away. This is a, you know, a process of continuous improvement. We all come into this with baggage from our parents, from our society, from the way that we were raised, all those things. And being able to kind of put some of those money mindset issues in the rearview mirror is hugely, hugely valuable. So that's something you guys are interested in learning more about. You can check out our accelerator program that does open up for registration on the 28th of December. So if you want your business to look different at the end of 2024 than it does right now, you're going to have to do something different. And one of those things you can do is that accelerator program, that six-month accelerated coaching program with us. That's pelvicptrising.com slash accelerator. We have a wait list there. We'll have a little intake thing. We can fill it out. And one of our team will be back in touch with you to just make sure that you seem like a good fit, answer any questions, and make sure you are ready to rock and roll. So that's what we've got for you, Nicole. Anything else? No, I just feel like I'm so excited to be able to put this podcast episode together because I really do feel like it's a continual work in progress. I encourage you to evaluate where your mindset is right now. If you're a business owner, are you looking at things in terms of ROI? And then figure out from there, like what would be the best thing for you in your own mind What's the best equation for you to think about this return on investment? Is it the example of, you know, do you like thinking about things in terms of overall plan of care? Do you like thinking about it in terms of per visit costs and have some sort of common, breaking it down to a common denominator where you can really truly evaluate what that true return on investment is? Great. So if you guys have questions on this, either in business or in your personal life, make sure to reach out. Let us know. This is something we're really passionate about because I do think it will change your relationship to money. It'll change your relationship to your business. It'll change your relationship to the things that you value. Going back to that Oscar Wilde quote, a cynic is someone who knows the cost of everything and the value of nothing. And I want us to make sure that we do know the value of the things that we're doing, the value of things in our life, the value of our time, spent with family, the value of our business, all of that. So how do we know that value? It's thinking of return on investment. So as always, guys, please reach out. We'd love to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise. Rise.